census taker once tried to test me. I ate his liver with some fava beans and a nice Chianti. Thursday podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Rahal, but you can call me Patsy the Angry Nerd. We are here from the Pat Cave uh, of Magenta Manor, and we are brought to you by Deadly Grounds Coffee because we are part of the Dorkening Network. And uh, the thing about Deadly Grounds Coffee is once you go deadly, you don't go back. But uh, I am not here by myself. I am joined, as always, by my co-host on the show, my co-host in life. She is... The Baroness of Bordeaux, the Countess of Cabernet, the Mistress of Merlot, the Real Housewife of Transylvania, the Michael Phelps of Wine, the Queen of the Monsters, and an Honorary Lizzie. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Ashes One Nightmare. I am so crabby right now. I know you are. <laughs> I was on your side about something. You, you asked me, because we, uh, we are helping uh, one of our friends film a goddamn movie, and we are working behind the scenes on Sunday, and you text me, and you're like, you know, what time are we uh, doing stuff on Sunday? I'm like, you know, how long is it going to take? I'm like, I don't know, a few hours. You're like, wow, thanks. And it's like, what? Well, I mean, like, I, kn- I knew it was good. I was looking for, like, did you know a definitive, like, this is when we're going to be starting, and this is when we plan on ending. You know what time we're starting. And no, I know what time we're starting, but I didn't know if there was, like, a definitive, like, this is the time frame, you know, that the, the, the filming process will be taking place. On any of the sets we've been on recently, has there been, we are out, we are starting at this time, and we are out at this time? Well... And have... If there has been a time, have we started at those times? No. No. <laughs> we just recorded The Other Side of no. Midnight because uh, Ashes has joined me on The Other Side of Midnight as the other puppet. So she's a puppeteer and voice actor now. And Add that to my resume. Add that to your IMDb page. Um, Check that off. Because, um, and we were supposed to be there for 1030. And everyone was running late except Joe, who lives there, because uh, we were filming at Joe's house. Everybody was running late. We didn't start until 11.30, and then we were supposed to do three episodes, but some dipshit wrote the script for the wrong film, and now I have to do it over because <laughs> I am that dipshit. Um, yeah. I will say, though, um, it is so fucking cool being a puppeteer like it, it, it is a lot of work it's a lot more difficult than you think you know remembering to move the puppet's mouth as you're speaking as you're voicing the puppet well to... it's so weird it's almost like i am puppeteering you right now because i said all this <laughs> stuff to you, you like, oh it's not that hard well, because it doesn't you know from a 
from a like viewer's point of view, from like a bystander's point of view, it doesn't look that difficult. I would come home and be like, man, my shoulder is killing me. My back hurts from hunching over, and I have to like turn I mean, sideways yeah, so really my head's not to, in the shot. You know, you, you your arms complain. up, and you really have to kind of like contort yourself too at times to be well, able to maneuver the puppet to in be such fair, a way. With this stage, we have to sit on the floor and kind of put our legs underneath where the stage is. Uh, we have a new stage that's taller. We'll actually be able to just sit on like uh, little stools. Little stools. Yeah. And we'll be able to hold our arms the, up, uh, and we don't have to. A bit more comfortable. Yes. You know, like me because I'm taller than you. Like we had to find multiple things for you to sit on, and like keep switching stuff out. We had to like fi- we had to Goldilocks it because the pillows <laughs> were too short. The the, uh, the stool tote. that we had was too big. The tote we tried a tote, a stool, stool and a chair. The stool was just a little too Those big. Those were too high. It ended up being a suitcase that she sat on. Um and we were able to do it that way, but you still had to like hunch down and turn to the side. Yeah. Well and your arm is still, you know, suspended above you for extended periods so of time. Hold your, your your one of your arms up. For me it's my left arm because right I, in, I operate the puppet right with my left out. hand. Uh so I can, you know, go through my script and look at the um you know, and and use my right hand to move his right hand. Um, so hold your arm up, but then like sit with your legs straight out. Turn your head to the side so it's almost touching your shoulder, and then hunch down. And th- and then do and that still for, like, be able to do a voice. Yeah, and do the voice, and remember the lines, and move the puppet, and move it, the puppet, make the yeah. puppet emote, lose his arms. You know. Do as much as you can with like facial and uh, and you, know, you mouth have to movements. make the the puppets are interacting with each other. They're interacting with the human host. I mean, it's a lot. There's a lot there, and you know, it's. So I tried to warn her, and she's more. like, "This is easy. This is the oh, I'm too short. Oh, I'm too tall. Oh, my leg hurts. Oh, my arm." There was a time oh, where I was I was kneeling. I was you know, and and my legs fell asleep. My legs fell asleep and every time. Oh my goodness! Like I I stood from like the knees down i could not feel my legs for like a solid two minutes yeah i couldn't stand they up could, both of them just completely of fell asleep you should see me trying to get up like i have to take the puppet off my left hand it sounds like this Ooh! it does it was just like i was just like Fwam. well and <laughs> not only that um where the the studio space that we have right now is somebody's basement and the floor is concrete. Yeah, the floor is concrete. The floor is lava. Yes. Uh, and it's not well ventilated. It's not air conditioning or, or, or anything like that. So, you know, when we were filming the other day, it was like 90 degrees out. And to top it off, he and I, the puppeteers, are dressed in all black, wearing long black sleeves and everything. Trying I changed to, that shit. To, to, I just to put be my hood on. I had a fucking, you know, as possible. I had like a, uh, I don't know, like a cloak thing. Well, I mean, it zips like, up in the front and it it's got long sleeves and it goes down past my knees. I wear it in the winter when it's, you know, chilly but not cold. I fucking love it. It's a women's like thing. I don't know what what it's what it you would does, call it. It's just it's a lounger. But I love it. A little um, zip up lounger. So I was able to put my, I just put the hood on because I had the whole thing on to keep my, you know, but I was like, nope, this is, it's way too goddamn hot. Because uh, the big thing was I kept, you kept seeing my head in the shot. So I just put the black uh, hood over my uh, head down to my eyebrows. 
So if you saw the top of my head, you just saw uh, you know, the black hood, so I was fine. But, yeah, it's uh, it's not easy. Like, you really need to, uh, you know. But it is so much fun. Right. That's what I was going to say. It's so much fun. You don't notice how like, much it hurts until you're done. And they right. Say cut, going home. And I, now I, you're trying to stand up. <laughs> I kept doing, like, the grease lightning dance. Like, you know, trying to stretch out my arm and stuff in between my takes. My neck hurts and, so much. And then I had uh, to drive home. And it was like an hour was, ride. It was so cool. Like, it was really awesome being back on a set. First of all, uh, to kind of be thinking creatively. And our uh, crew was great. And you got the, the PA for the first time. We didn't have a PA the last couple of times. Like I'm still, I forgot, I'm still waiting for my latte. I forgot my coffee. I was like, oh, should I go grab my coffee? He's like, I'll go grab it for you. It's like, awesome. Like, that's great. Yeah. Uh, having somebody on set there help you grab things. Like when somebody does something really, really funny and it makes you laugh so hard that you're wheezing and you're crying and you need your inhaler, the PA yeah. will go get your inhaler for you. It's brilliant. I wish we had been <laughs> filming because I did a thing during a, like a quick read through. They're like, all right, we're not going to roll film yet, but, you know, let's just run through it and see. You know, we'll watch it on the monitor. But it's like a full dress rehearsal type thing. And we have a little monitor underneath uh, our stage. Uh, so we can see what we're doing. We can see which way the puppet is facing and, you know, all all that good stuff. And I did something. Everyone in the room lost their goddamn minds. It was, it was so, so funny. funny. It was so, because it was so unexpected. And I really but it hope was it was so on par with the character. I really hope it transfers when people see it because I did it the exact same way while we were recording. I, I think really it, hope. it will. Like everyone, because we were recording that time, obviously we couldn't laugh or anything. We couldn't have a a, a genuine reaction to it. Everything needed to be quiet on the set. But um, yeah, I, I could. I, I myself was really you know I, I, trying to stifle, hold it in, and I could as tell other people were too. Everyone started laughing again. That was like the third or fourth time we did it. And I tried a couple of different versions of that. But it's it's awesome. Like the energies on set are amazing. Everyone is so incredibly just nice and awesome. And, you know, a lot of ideas being thrown out, but it all works. You know, so it's really cool. I cannot wait for you guys to, to see the final project. And, you know... Uh, we're working on some stuff. Yeah. So it's it's going to be cool. But yeah, it was it was so awesome. And, you know, Wilton is currently living with me. Uh, I thought I was I thought I was a diva. And then I met Wilton and it's like, oh, no, no, no. You are uh, you are an uppity bitch, Wilton. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, it's it's really cool. Yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, so we're not talking about puppets today. But I will say... Um, puppets are involved in a roundabout way. Yes, there are some puppets involved. Some sock puppetry. Uh, yeah, and some, some, some marionette work. Some dog puppetry. Yeah, marionette work. I will... Uh, and the burger. Uh, I will also uh, throw out there for uh, folks who are interested. Um, two weeks from today, the 24th, is our sixth anniversary, and we're going to be covering... From each year that we've been on the air, we're going to cover one character from June 24th to June 24th. So not like 2015, 2016, 24th to 24th. Each six, each one year period, we're going to cover the top character that we covered in our favorite episode. No, we're not covering. We're, we're listing. Right, well, well, that's what we're talking about. We're listing 
our top six characters that we've covered one over the past year. six years. Doesn't necessarily well, have that's to be what one I'm from doing. Well, then those are your rules, and you can stick to it. And we're looking for folks at home who uh, are listening to this now to, you know, give us your feedback on some of the ones that you liked. You know, you can do it through the Facebook group. You can email us at throwdownthursdaypodcast at gmail.com. Or you can record a little something and then email it to us at throwdownthursdaypodcast at gmail.com. But uh, I digress because we are uh, talking about our uh, getting into character question today. Because the uh, the little dude, uh, I believe his name is Rudiger. We haven't even said what we're talking about. We've hinted. Well, we're going to. We're talking about. I was getting to that. Okay. Then elaborate, so, please. In the, uh, the the discussion we're having today, there is a character, because we're discussing multiple characters, there is a character who uh, goes through the phone book systematically asking people, do you want to talk to me about dinosaurs? <laughs> we're talking today about the Mitchells versus the Machines, which you watched, and then uh, I just watched recently, and I was like, you know what? I really enjoyed this. We should cover this. And you were like, oh, my God, we should cover this. And you just rewatched it again a couple of nights ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and this has a lot of fun characters on it. I believe this kid's name is uh, Rudiger. Aaron. Rudiger's cooler. Uh, so little Rudiger, he... Uh, no, I'm just <laughs> or, or Aaron. He, uh, he likes Hi. dinosaurs. Do you have time to talk to me about dinosaurs? And he's got such a, a weird voice. Like, it's definitely a, a, a prepubescent bordering on going through puberty voice it like works so oh no that's what i'm saying like, like it's so it perfect works. like it's such, a, it's such a weird uh nerdy eccentric Hi, talk to me about dinosaurs? exuberant voice like it's so perfect for this character and we'll talk about the voice acting when we get into uh the meat of our discussion this because has a great cast. right like these voice actors or say they the actors who lent their voices to these characters perfectly cast if like, you're recording flawless. voiceover you're a voice actor like they're regular act they're not solely voice actors like say a Kevin Conroy or a Billy West or a John DiMaggio. No, and I mean, some of them have voiced several other things aside yeah. from, you know, being They've an done guest work. Actor. I mean, you know, there's, uh, there's a lot of uh, crossover in their career. But, like, that's what we've always said. If you want to be a good voice actor, first you have to be a good actor. That's what uh, Charlie Adler told us. So our question today, this got us thinking... What's something that you were obsessed with as a kid that you wanted to talk about all the time, but nobody ever wanted to talk to you about it? You know, and for a lot of us, maybe it is dinosaurs. I remember as a, a uh, first grader, I was uh, so into dinosaurs, my teacher actually arranged it. So they sent, they sent me from class to class reading a dinosaur book, which was really interesting um, probably the first time that I, like, did something like what I'm doing now, like, not like a performance, but like first time I got up. Entertaining the masses. Getting up in front of a crowd of people and being the sole focus of, mm -hmm. you know, that, that Inflating group of Inflating your ego. Well, I mean... I was nervous about some of the classes because I was in first grade and I went to all the older kids' classes. I did yeah, kindergarten as well, it. and they liked how well I read the book. 
So they moved me on and had me do every class. But that's actually a really great opportunity for a kid, maybe mm-hmm. a kid who is trying to find their voice or, you know, a kid who can't shut up like a kid who loves to talk you know uh give them something to do let them be like hey you know what you like to talk you like this why don't you talk about this that's pretty much what it was like you know it was like re like redirecting the focus this was this was uh, um in a time before people knew what adhd was like there might have been a few people who knew what it was but it wasn't like as widespread as it is now like I wasn't diagnosed with ADHD until I was in sixth grade, and that was after years of uh, therapy and counseling because nobody knew exactly what my condition was. I was just always labeled as a behavior problem. But anybody who knows me, like, this is how I was as a kid, you know, bouncing from subject to subject, thing to thing. Well, I mean, and and now who's to say that it's more than just ADD, ADHD? I mean, now we have this whole spectrum of... You know behaviors that we can not that we can choose from but there's this whole spectrum of behaviors that somebody we can, can fall identify. into right exactly so you know um but even like autism wasn't a thing that was really well known like if you look at 1987's rain man they you know uh when tom cruise takes dustin hoffman to a doctor and the nurse is like what does this say on your form here he's artistic it's like no autistic and like the nurse had no clue what the fuck he was talking about you know which today you know 34 years later would not be a thing but back at that point like these were still relatively new uh, well, diagnostic uh, right uh, and, and now uh, we have this whole criteria. you know spectrum uh where you know there are different forms of autism there are different asperger's forms of- Oppositional defiance disorder, right? You know, like narcissistic personality disorder. There's a lot of different things, you know. And there's a a point where they even think that ADD, ADHD, depending on how severe it is, can also fall on the spectrum. I prefer to think of it as the next stage in evolution because of the way I am able to multitask. Like, I once watched the first three seasons of Lost while writing 250 pages of a book, and I retained everything from both. And I mean, I, I watched 42 episodes in 48 hours and I didn't sleep because I just went straight through because that's what happens sometimes. You just get that jolt. But a lot of folks listening to this are going to be able to uh, kind of relate to what I'm saying, you know, and, you know, it's probably somebody right now <laughs> shaking their head going, yep, yep, that's me. Or, yep, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yep, I did that once, you know, and, you know, that's just... uh but that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about what's something that you, you talked about. And, you know, I, I said, I see, that's ADHD right there. If you just listen to the last five minutes, that's exactly what I'm talking about. But, yeah, I, I, I was big into dinosaurs. I also, uh, even as a young, young child, you know, three, four, five, I was big into space. Because, you know, as a child, you're very curious and inquisitive. And I would always try to think, you know, what's... If the universe goes on forever, like, where is the universe contained? You know, and this is a philosophical question. You know, what's on the other side of the universe? Is it really, if it's infinite, how can it be expanding? How can it be getting bigger if it goes on forever? If it's getting bigger, it can't possibly go on forever. Therefore, it has to be contained somewhere, like what's on the other side. I used to drive myself nuts 
pretty much my entire life trying to visualize and conceptualize what was beyond the universe. And I think as a child, it was easier. Uh, and I think your imagination is greater as a child because you don't have all this other stuff bouncing around in your head. Like when I was a kid, I didn't worry about how my bills were being paid. Yeah. I didn't worry about making dinner. I didn't worry about, you know, where I was, you know, it's like, oh, I have to get new shoes and oh, I have to, you know, take out the trash and I have to do this and I have to do that. I was just, I was free to be with my thoughts. So I would always want to talk about space, and I'd always want to talk about dinosaurs, anything scientific. I loved talking about it all the time. My dad would talk to me about space and dinosaurs. My dad liked space, too. He introduced me to uh, Cosmos by Carl Sagan. So when did the sharks start? The sharks, it's always been. Like, I remember watching Jaws as a kid, and, you know, my mom, you know, because I've said, you know, multiple times on the show about um, how— how um, we were introduced to horror at a young age, but because we got to see the behind-the-scenes stuff in the making of Thriller, it wasn't as scary to us. So I got to see Jaws at a very young age, and my mom explaining everything. You know, like, oh, yeah, see how he's spitting up blood right there? Well, that's because he's got blood in his mouth. He's just spitting it out. You know, like, oh, you hear that? That's his leg getting snapped in half when the shark bites it. You know, like, I had my parents explaining this stuff to me. Um, I didn't always understand stuff in context. I remember watching Baby the Last Dinosaur and the uh, the Brontosaurus uh, grabbing a guy and crushing him in his jaws. And I had used I used a word I heard my mom say all the time. Yeah, take that, you bastard. <laughs> and my dad looked at me and he's like, "What did you just say?" I'm like, "He's a bastard." <laughs> like mom says it all the time. I didn't know what it meant. I didn't know it was a swear. I knew what like, you know, the big swears were. I remember telling my dad, like, I was like, oh, I heard somebody say this word the other day. And he's like, which word? And he starts rattling off all these different swears. And I'm like, oh, I didn't know half of those existed. You know, like I didn't understand what that meant. But I remember getting into an argument with my dad. And he's like, oh, that's no, there's no such thing as that. I'm like, no, look, this is what I'm talking about. And I showed him in my book, and he grudgingly had to admit that I was right. I was like six. <laughs> it was awesome. Um, but, yeah, I, I, you know, space, sharks, dinosaurs. Like, I love the ocean. I love space. I love, like, the unexplored uh, regions of, you know, any any place. You know, but, you know, I think I was more in awe with the size of creatures, you know, sharks, whales, dolphins. Um, I had a really nice uh, hardcover book about whales written by Jacques Cousteau mm. uh, that I was given for my birthday. Uh, you know, my brother was obsessed with the Titanic, and I was like, you know, it's like, yeah, but what else is down there? I started learning about, like, deep-sea creatures you know, like hatchet fish and lantern fish and, you know, all these weird looking things that only exist way deep down. And my mom's like, oh, that's scary. Oh, I hope none of those ever get me. I'm like, oh, my God, mom. <laughs> like, so they can't come up. They can't come <laughs> up to the surface because they'll explode. They have to have specific pressure. That's what they're born. That's how they were born to live. Like, okay. So. You know, that's still, and I, so I watched, you know, 
Jaws and, and Jaws 2. And like I remember renting Jaws the Revenge, and I was like, oh, my God, sharks don't roar. This is dumb. And I was like seven or eight. You know? So I think that's where it's at. Like, I've just always had this fascination, this curiosity. Um, I would read about stuff even though it terrified me. UFOs terrify me to no end for whatever reason. So how about you? So there are... Your turn. <laughs> thank you. Um, so there are a, a few things. Uh as a child, I loved Barbies. I loved playing with Barbies, and it was to the point where I could identify. You know, I knew exactly, even if she was unclothed or in somebody else's clothes, I knew exactly. I'm like, oh, that's her, and that's this build, because different eras had different builds to different dolls, uh, different paint jobs and stuff. Um, yeah, I knew all of that and i could tell you like oh that's caboodle barbie that's malibu barbie that's beach blast barbie which is different from malibu barbie you know that's garden tea party barbie which is different from you know flower fiesta barbie you know like something <laughs> like that um and also growing up i was a huge i was really 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 into the ocean and that was facilitated by uh, when I was younger, we moved to Guam because my dad was in the the Air Force and living within two minutes of a beach. I mean, it's a it's an island. You know, you can just walk five minutes and you're at a beach, um, you know, just just living outside, living in the living at the beach and stuff, uh, getting curious about the different animals and stuff that we saw you know, on the island and in the ocean, you know, the different shells, because the Pacific Ocean is very different from the Atlantic Ocean. Oh, yeah. And, you know, seeing things and being able to go snorkeling and see some of these creatures, like, in their nat natural habitat, you know, snorkeling through different coral reefs and stuff. Now, mind you, I was, like, six or seven, you know? I didn't really understand, like, the, the gravity of what I was doing. You know, I just thought it was cool. And then as I got older, it's like, damn, that was fucking cool that I got to do that. You know, uh, appreciate it more now. But being able to see like blue starfish, you know, just just hanging out naturally. Um, I used to love going to aquariums when we lived in Texas. We went to SeaWorld. Now I have uh, as an adult, knowing what we know. I've seen blackfish. <laughs> um, you know, I, I'm, I'm not for animals in captivity like that anymore like aquariums to a certain extent especially if, if, if the, the climate is controlled well, and or they're taking uh, uh animals who are injured like uh the right uh, most New england science center that has the injured eagles right and i was gonna say uh, most zoos most aquariums um most sanctuaries these days are comprised of animals that were either born in captivity and therefore can't be released because you know they they wouldn't know how to, to to fend for themselves or you know injured animals who would no longer be able to provide for themselves out in you know the natural world so uh but SeaWorld at the time, this was, you know, Shamu and they had the dolphin tanks. And I was so 
infatuated with the dolphin tanks like i loved shamu too going and and seeing the whales and stuff like you think that you're big i mean granted i was like nine or (laughs) i was like nine years old so you know uh, i was still little but like you think you're you're big and then you see this whale who is you know, six at, tons and 30 right feet. like a bajillion times your size and your mind is just blown even the seals that we see at the cape now yeah some of them are very blubbery they're huge sea lions more likely because these are huge uh but I was I loved the dolphin tanks and you could buy fish so they'd give you almost like you know like those uh, paper French fry things that you get when you go to like yeah. state fairs and stuff they would give you one of those just full of you know small like anchovy mackerel. minnow mackerel looking Mackerels. fish and you could feed the dolphins and they were all like super gentle. And if you were lucky, they would let you rub their tongues, too. And it, oh, God, it felt so cool. Um, and you could talk to them, and sometimes they talk back. Like, dolphins are really personable anyways. They're very like, even in nature, yeah. like, they're naturally very um, excited. And yeah, that's a really good word. Uh, but I just, oh, my God, I, I could sit there and I could tell you everything. It was to the point where I wanted to be a marine biologist when I grew up. Well, and like, I almost studied that. I almost went into like I've always was, been really drawn. Too. Yeah, I've always been really drawn to the sciences. My mom um, tried to get me uh, like internships when I was a kid at Woods Hole, uh, Woods Hole yeah. Oceanographic Institute. For people who are not familiar, uh, is about two hours away from us on Cape Cod, and uh, that is where uh, uh, Robert Ballard, who discovered the Titanic like the the rest the final resting place of the Titanic that's where he operated out of so like imagine uh Bill Paxton's character from uh from uh, uh Titanic like he was essentially like a a stand-in for i guess a combination of both James Cameron and Robert Ballard mm-hmm. i think they even mentioned something about Woods Hole in that film I, I don't. It's been so long since I've seen it. I mean, it uh, makes sense because of, it's... Yeah, I mean, but a lot of really interesting research comes out of Woods Hole. Yes. And, you know, I've just always been really fascinated by it. And also, I love penguins. So there was a time when I thought maybe I would, you know, go to school and learn everything there is to learn about penguins and learn about their habitats and whatnot and be a penguin person like a penguin handler at uh, an aquarium and not a person who is a penguin <laughs> yeah not a person who is a penguin i'm a penguin uh, person i'm a penguin person uh and then in middle school so probably actually probably a little before middle school maybe like sixth grade i became really obsessed with the spice girls and could t- tell you anything you've ever wanted to know about the spice girls and believe me, you would want to know. It was to the point where my friends called me the sixth Spice Girl. So if you want to be my lover, you got to get on my Spice Girls level. Uh, I'll I tell guess. you what I want, what I really, really want. Is it more wine? Well, I mean, there's that more too. More wine! And, I mean, and now, as an adult, I can talk all day about wines. I can talk all day about drag queens. I can talk all day about different movies. I can talk all day about... Oh, a lot of things. 
Yeah, that's the. Uh, it's that's still nice it's, it's still like if you want to know about Barbies, I can tell you about Barbies. If you want to know about the ocean, I can tell you about the ocean. I'll tell you about sharks. <laughs> if I'll you want to know about... about peptides and how to make peptide bonds, I can tell you that too. Uh, but I'll you know, you it's, it's interesting how you know your interests kind of shift a little bit, but they never really stray from the things that you've loved as a child. And we find ourselves friends with people who still have. Uh, a really good hold on their inner child. Yeah. You know, some people think you have to grow up and you have to leave all of this childish shit behind and that you have to sell your toys and that, you know, you can't enjoy certain you know things. Toys and you have? know what? Fuck that. Life is way too short. Be happy. Like, if, if, if that shit makes you happy. Like, I am pissed over the fact that, you know, my mom and dad made me get rid of some of these things that I loved or they made me pass it on to my younger sister who in turn decided to decapitate most of my dolls and you know take markers to their hair and scissors to their clothes and just completely because I was one of those kids who kept I took really good care of my stuff you know especially the toys that I really cared about like my dolls I, I, I took really good care of it. Like I knew it cost money and I, I just, I wanted to keep my things nice. And my sister was not that way. She was like, I'm going to destroy everything. Because it wasn't hers. It was yours. So she didn't have any concept of ownership for it. I mean, that's, that's probably it. No, yeah, that, that is it. Um, you know, if you guys, uh, you know, speaking of toys and things like that, that we regret not having, like if you guys saw earlier today, or, you know, you can always go to the YouTube channel and check it out, throw it on Thursday podcast on uh, on YouTube. I did a live trailer reaction for the new He-Man that came out, because He-Man is something I was obsessed I with. I have the power! And one of the things I get most excited about is the fact that they brought back uh, one of my favorite characters, Roboto. Who I was able to find at That's Entertainment in Worcester, and I bought, and it's the Double original. Arigato, Mr. Roboto. No, he doesn't have any sticks. Uh, this is the original action figure from 1984. Yeah, like it's awesome, and I was so excited to to see that they had him in there. It's, so, are, are you in there? I would. Is, is, I wish is I was. Stinkor in there? No, you are Stinkor. You, you are, are Stinkor. the stench of evil. You are the stench of evil. So. So anyways, let us know what is something that you as obsessed over as a child, something that you could just poetically wax about all day. Yeah. Let us know. Uh, throw it on Thursday podcast at gmail.com. Send it in with your uh, top six characters that we've covered over the past six years. And uh, we'll uh, we'll take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about the Mitchells versus messages, the machines. We'll be right back. Deadly Grounds Coffee knows how important your coffee is to you. Every batch is roasted to perfection with a unique special method that brings out the richest, deepest, smoothest flavor you'll ever find. We're coffee freaks too, and deadly serious about our brew. Just one sip and you'll know why we say, once you go deadly, you don't go back. It's truly coffee to die for. So when you're ready to get a little deadly, Get online and order yours at getdeadly.com. It's coffee so good, <coughs> it's scary.
In a world swarming with boring, predictable awards shows, what will separate from the rest? Rise above and unite the podcasting realm in a testament to the outstanding achievements of the community. The Amalgamania Podcasting and Entertainment Awards. Podcasters, YouTubers, and Twitch streamers, now is your time. Make your voices heard and submit your program by going to amalga-mania.com for all the details, submission categories, and guidelines. The Amalgamania Podcasting and Entertainment Awards, the summer's biggest blockbuster event. You don't want to miss it. Must be here somewhere. Wait. They're coming. Is that a burnt orange 1993 station wagon? Or is it? Ah, who are these unstoppable warriors? We're the Mitchells, the only people who can save the world. I'm super sorry, everyone. Let me introduce myself. I'm Katie. I'm sort of a weirdo. My parents haven't figured me out yet. To be fair, it took me a while to figure myself out. My brother, also weird. Hi, would you like to talk to me about dinosaurs? No. Okay, thank you. And my mom. Katie Face Cupcakes. Ah! All of us, really. How about we put our phones down and we can make 10 seconds of unobstructed family eye contact. Starting now. See, this is good right here. This is natural. Every family has its challenges. We haven't had a good family picture in years because you two are always arguing. For my family, our greatest challenge... Probably the robot apocalypse. Attention all robots. Capture every single person on the planet. What would a functional family do? Uh, butterfly formation! So we just do that, right? I gave you all boundless knowledge, and you treated me like this. people left it's up to us save the world katie we're gonna do this together mitchell family on three no, 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 no. Now. Oh, no. sorry. two sorry 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 one mitchell oh, family find them now everything with a computer chip is alive mitchell's engaged ten and two there you go have always been weird and that's what makes us great hold on a second what's a furby course was the trailer i know it was a little long but it's a really good trailer uh if you haven't seen this it's on netflix it's uh, so good it dropped on april 30th so it's been out a little over uh, like six weeks uh give or take at this point um i like i said i watched it last week because 
Ashes was like, oh, you got to watch this. It's so funny. It's so good. So I finally watched it. Uh, and I let her know that I was watching it because I texted her and I was like, well, the poor poor pug can't catch a cupcake. And she's like, oh, my God, you're watching the movie. It's like, Monty. First of all, she loves pugs to begin with. So having. I mean, a, this a, was established on last week's episode. Well, I mean, this has been established for but a while. But I mean, like time. this, yeah, this has been a just, weird, it's, it's derpy, a animated fact. pug. I love derpy things. We uh, we found a derpy bear at Target. No, 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 once. not we. I did. I brought him home. No, I so, bought him for you because you were. Arguing. No, you didn't. Yes. I brought him home. No, the little derpy bear. You got. Because you have like six derpy bears, to be to be fair. I rescue stuffed animals that I think won't nobody else wants. So like if they're improportionate, if they're not symmetrical, if their stuffing's a little weird, if their face isn't sewn on correctly, I'm going to take you home. Yeah, and this, this bear, we were at Target, and this bear had like a weird derpy face. And I was like, he I'm going to get him. He was on the ground. I'm like, I'm going to get him. She's like, well, we don't really have money for him. And I was like, shut up, because I know you want him. Like, stop trying to talk like, yourself out of it. Want, he's so derpy. So now his name is Derps McKenzie. I don't and even know where he is. And he lives on the couch. Is he on the couch he's or is he on the couch? He chair? lives on the couch. I don't know. There's So I have like Derps 30 McKenzie. sharks. Like, we have we have two couches in the living room, and one of them is covered with stuffed animals. Like, uh, no one sits my, on it's it. It's our stuffed animal couch. Uh, and then the is back that a of weird our thing to have? Does does not everyone have a stuffed animal couch in well, their living room? Well, it's not like we're going to have people come over anytime soon. So. I mean, there's that. We also have the back of the couch that we do sit on, also covered with stuffed animals. I love stuffed animals. And then there's shelves full of them. And then there's a giant giraffe in our I in just, our room I just wearing love a them. They're fancy fuzzy hat. and they're See? cute. He's wearing his fancy and some hat. of them are derpy, and they need to be rescued. So we have, yeah, we have a lot. Plus, we have Build a Bears, and yeah, there's. <gasps> I love Build a Bear so much. Um, yeah, it's nuts. And just, uh, just to throw this out there, if you have uh, a Build a Bear that has a lightsaber, and a particularly uh, uh, nasty thunderstorm comes through, the uh, thunder is strong <laughs> enough to set off the lightsaber, the oh vibrations from the thunder. We were sitting in the living room and all of a sudden we see this flashing light coming from our bedroom. I'm like, what the fuck that is that? That was, uh, this was a while ago. That was when we were binge watching the first season of Stranger Things. Yes, and like we see, like, what the fuck is that? We and had all the lights off and we were just watching, you know, Netflix and then the, this huge like, you know, I was going to say thunderous roar of thunder <laughs> we were thunderstruck boom like booming thunder uh to the point where like it shook the house and then all of a sudden and this was during one of like the the weird scenes of stranger things mm-hmm. too uh it, just this green glowing thing going off pulsating the bedroom. green light because that's the type I of lightsaber just, we had i just looked at patrick and i was like you go look at it i mean you i was go check it out i did i was like i don't know what the hell it is so oh, i went to look and I'm like, I'm like, after. it's the goddamn Build-A-Bear lightsaber. <laughs> we had a moment where we were just like, oh, my God, <laughs> it's extraterrestrial life. It was <laughs> weird come to shit. to take me away. <laughs> just saying, it was weird. But. It was really funny. Uh, but anyways, yes, derpy things. So obviously I was on board with Monchi the dog already. The fact that he was a pug, the fact that he was derpy. And Monchi the pug voiced by a real-life celebrity pug. Doug the Pug, who I follow on Instagram. 
Yeah. And Doug the Pug is amazing. So if you don't follow him on Instagram, you should. So they dress him up. He's so chill. It's ridiculous. Like I said, I, I really liked this movie. And uh, to start off, it's got some fantastic uh, voice acting. So Abby Jacobson plays Katie, who is you know ba- basically the main character. And her parents, Rick and Linda, are played by Danny McBride and Maya Rudolph. Uh, her brother Aaron is played by Michael Rianda, and I don't know who he's he is. The, I'm not he's the writer and director of this film. Oh, okay. But other than that, I'm not familiar with him. He doesn't even have a picture on IMDb. I have a picture on IMDb, and none of my movies are on Netflix. Uh, Eric Andre plays uh, Mark, who is the... Uh, the, 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 the like creator the Steve Jobs type yes. character. Um, Olivia Coleman plays the AI pal, which is amazing. Then you have uh, Beck Bennett and Fre- uh, who plays Eric. Oh, who the hell Eric is? The uh, robot. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, Deborah Bot Five Thousand is Fred Armisen. Uh, Chrissy Teigen and John Legend play a married couple, and their uh, daughter is Charlene Yee. Uh, they're the posies, and they get mentioned quite a bit. Um, Pal Max uh, is voiced by Blake Griffin of the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, then you have Conan O'Brien as Glaxon 5000 and uh, Doug the Pug as, as Manchi. And then there's like a bunch of other uh, characters who are, you know, not uh, as major, but... But this, oh God, this this movie is so good. I watched it when I was homesick for a couple of days from after uh, getting my second COVID shot. Yes. I was kind of down for like a good solid, oh, like 36 hours, just kind of dead to the world. And I watched this and I laughed so hard. Like, and I couldn't, you know, it's like, oh, I'll watch something. You know, I just kind of want to take my mind off of, you know, feeling like death and having a fever and everything so i i put that on and oh my like it worked it, it did its job uh it was so good it's so cute like the characters are great the overall story is something that we can all relate to i mean not the not the uprising of the machines but uh you well. know the, the the family aspect of it so you have Monchi the pug, who just, you know, steals the show. A weird, derpy, cross-eyed, bug-eyed pug who can't see straight and can't catch anything for shit, but is adorable and lovable. Um, You have Aaron Mitchell, who's the youngest son. He's obsessed with dinosaurs. He's really weird. He uh, lacks a lot of social skills but you know similar it's it's really on par to a lot of kids that age you know kind of coming into their own figuring out the world um you know and and just trying to find their place exactly and then you have katie mitchell who is our pretty 
she's our lead character. This is oh, yeah, you know, she's, this it's is her, her story. story. Uh, she is entering her freshman year of college. She wants to be a filmmaker. She is super quirky. She is cute. She is eccentric. She marched to the beat of her own drum. You know, she doesn't really care what anybody else thinks about her. And she's always been this way. You see flashbacks of her presenting her, you know, student film to her class, and you know they're laughing at her. And but this is something that she loves, and you know, um, we'll get more into her character in a moment. Uh, then you have Linda Mitchell, who is the mom, and she is one of those moms who is a super mom but doesn't realize that she's super mom. She does a lot for her family. She keeps everyone together. She's interesting. She tries to make cupcakes that look like the family and throws them at the dog. She, you know, is trying to keep up with the Joneses as far as, I should say, keep up with the, the posies. The posies are their next door neighbors. And she's really envious of them because they look perfect. You know, like the wife who's voiced by Chrissy Teigen, like she does yoga. They always wear white. Like the she's just perfect. You know, the the husband who's voiced by John Legend is perfect. Even the, well, so the, the kid who's voiced by Charlene Yee, uh, appears to be perfect with them, but then we find out that she has her own little freak flag that she flies. You know, even their dog is perfect. You know, the he dog has a six does. Pack. Yeah, like the dog does push-ups. Like, what dog does that? But anyways, you know, and and Linda longs to be this perfect family. But that's not, you know. But that's not them. Right, like it, and and you know that kind of contributes to even when Rick comes home story. and is like, let's you know put all the screens away and have ten seconds of eye contact or thirty seconds of eye contact, whatever, and everyone is like sitting there like they're being interrogated. And it's like, no, no, you you can blink, you can breathe, like. Well, know. then yeah, so we have Rick Mitchell who is the the dad, and he's such a he's such a dad, like full on dad jokes, like. Just wants the family to be together. He just wants to spend time with his daughter before she goes off because she's going away to school. She's Across going the to country. like yeah, she's going to like the California Film Institute or something. You know? And they live. I don't uh, even know where they and live. And he doesn't necessarily understand his kids. He's trying, but like he not very hard. Right. He doesn't understand the films she makes. He doesn't understand. You know, he asks her. Like, oh, can her, you really you know, make a living doing right. this? Right, and, and and that kind of goes into. I think that's something. But that he a has lot his of... own baggage, and that's why. Well, right. He tried to do things. He had creative stuff that he did, and he had to give it all up when he be, became a dad. When they had a family, and, and you find out more about that as the story goes along. That kind of. Um... It's so relatable. It sets up something that is so unbelievably relatable. And, you know, this is something that Katie finds out about her dad, you know, throughout this journey that they go on. And she didn't know that. She had no idea that he had dreams and aspirations. He wanted to, you know, he had this cabin out in the woods that was his pride and joy. He built it from his own two hands. And, you know, he was a wood carver. And he could sculpt things out of wood, and he was just you know he could a, make traps. A super, just like just like an uber nature person. Um, and he he sold the the house that he made, the the cabin that he had built. He sold it, and you know, so the the family could move closer to civilization. 
for lack of a better word. Well, they had know? to get a different house because that just wasn't like well, they it, needed it to also sell wasn't, something. Right, it wasn't big enough as well. You know, they needed to, they needed money. Right, so you know he he did what he had to do. He sold he sold his house. He sold his pride and joy at the time. You know, uh, to accommodate for his new pride and joy, which was his his baby daughter. So, you know, it's a story that's really relatable because you, your parents are different as you get older. Like, you know, your, your parents are your parents when you're a kid and they, you know, offer or I should say they're supposed to, you know, like offer you guidance and discipline and slowly bestow upon you responsibility. And you view them as these, you know, sometimes like Ayatollahs, you know, <laughs> or if you were my mom, you would say the great Oz has spoken. Uh, she used that a lot growing up. But then as you get older and you start to learn things on your own and get your own interests and start to kind of spread your wings in the world, you need your parents differently. You don't necessarily need them to provide for you because you're able to start providing for yourself. You don't need your parents to be so overbearing. You almost need them to kind of become more of a, a confidant a friend, if you will. And that's kind of where Katie is at. She she needs her parents to... Believe in her and support her. Well, I mean, yeah, exactly. And let her fly. And if she falls, then she falls. But you know what? At least she had tried. And there's a point in your life where you start to view... Because you've lived life... You know what it's like to have responsibility. You know what it's like to have all of the, the the pressures of the world on you. You know what it's like to have expectations and try to live up to expectations. You know what it's like to fail. You know what it's like to, you know, not necessarily be the person that you want to be. You start to see your parents in a different light. That could be both good and bad. Sometimes people realize, oh, well, I had a shit childhood. My, my parents didn't do anything that they were supposed to. And sometimes you realize, oh, my parents were just doing the best that they could with what they were given. You know, half of life is just making things up on the fly. You know, it was that, that saying life happens when you're busy making other plans. Yeah, that's pretty much uh, how things how things go. Like, you know, you know most so of life is just reacting to things around you. Right. So we get to see Katie start to form that kind of relationship with her parents, learning that, oh, hey, dad, the whole, it was the moose, the carved moose. Mm -hmm. um, you know, learning that her, her parents are more than just parents. Yeah, the moose is a very uh, powerful MacGuffin throughout the film. Um, we're not going to ruin it for you, but the yeah. Moose... If you if you haven't seen this, we're trying not to put any spoilers in, but we're you know going to the moose. The moose comes up a lot. The little the little moose. Uh, moose. But you know the moose is definitely a driving force throughout the uh, throughout the film, and you know it's definitely it's it's definitely a well paced film, and uh, the every character goes through some growth, which well, is that's said, like awesome. that's why. I really wanted to cover these characters because every single character goes through some sort of character evolution. Uh, and everything that... Regardless of how small. And every one of their like weird quirks 
comes into play yes. and is a positive versus a negative. Who carries so, around that screwdriver with him at all times? What kind of maniac does that? You know, so in the beginning of the film, when Katie is describing her family, she calls them the worst family of all time. You know, her mother is constantly trying to get them to take nice pictures together so she can post them on her Instagrams. And they they can't do it. They just, you know, it's almost near impossible trying to get everyone together. Somebody, something always happens. You know, the pictures are always off. Um, somebody sneezes, somebody looks one way. There's usually like one person the smiling. The dog does something, you know. Uh, and Aaron, like I said, he's, he's weird, he's quirky, he's just kind of trying to find his place in the world. His only real friend is his sister. Yes. And his sister is moving away. So he's dealing with that he's dealing with my friend the only friend that i've had for my entire existence on this earth thus far the only one who gets me right is leaving me and that's you know kind of where she is like it seems like he is going to follow in her footsteps in that he is going to be misunderstood by his parents and that's i think that's the real reason why like he's seen her over the past few years and seeing how miserable she can be at times, um, you know, and, and how she and struggles. It's, uh, it's, with Yeah, and it's the strained relationship between Katie and Rick Mitchell. Rick doesn't understand her. And, you know, it, it's a generational thing. You know, you don't necessarily understand, you know, the, the, the generation coming up. You know, I can relate to that. I don't necessarily understand or relate to some of the kids these days. <laughs> With their yeets and their TikToks. <laughs> but he also doesn't really try. He doesn't watch her films. And if he does see little bits of it, he doesn't understand them. And He doesn't she, watch them like he's watching them. He's like, ugh, what? Uh, you know, like, you know what and he this? doesn't realize that she's emoting via this art. She's speaking to him through these films yes uh and he doesn't realize that until the end where he kind of takes a step back and it's like oh my goodness this is this is good my daughter is really talented and oh my goodness this is how she feels you know it's just it's so easy sometimes to brush things off and be like well you're 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 a kid you don't understand or you know i'm too stuck in my way so i'm not going to try to understand you or you know, vice versa. You know, so you have that strained relationship there. And how everything comes about is, you know, Katie is supposed to be leaving for school. She has this plane ticket. Rick Mitchell decides that, nope, he's going to cash in her plane chicken to chicken. Her plane chicken. Her plane <laughs> ticket and pack up the family station wagon and drive and drive one last family road trip to get her to her final destination and school. he even says like oh you know i called the school they said it's okay if you miss orientation but like he didn't check with her like her whole thing is she's going to be with her people right she's been chatting with these people online and she's Meeting people like she's really interested in this one girl because like they just really clicked. And well, and I really enjoy. Well, the night before he decides to do all this, she's clearing out her room because he tries showing her a movie or she tries showing him one of her movies and 
he just doesn't get it. And he's like, oh, can you really do this for a living? You know, is this really what you want to do? And she's like, fine. She tries to take the laptop away. And he's like, no, no, I'll watch it. She goes, no, you don't care. And they pull and tug and tug and pull. And the laptop flies across her room and breaks. So she's really upset. And so as she's clearing out her room, one of the things she puts in the, you know, giveaway box is the little wooden moose. And he sees that and he's like, shit. You know, because they know the significance of what that is. We don't know till the end of the movie. But he's like, I have to do something. And this is his misguided attempt at reconnecting with her. It's like, hey, I'll teach you how to drive stick. Hey, we're going to go cross country. Hey, we're going to do this. Like, we're going to bond as a family. It's going to be great. You know, you don't need to hang out with your friends who have a slip and slide in the hallway and are making lifelong bonds. You can come with me and eat at this diner that has all, like, negative Yelp reviews and you shouldn't eat there. Yeah, let's all get stomach poisoning together. Hooray! Stomach poisoning? Stomach poisoning. Food poisoning? That, too. <laughs> I think you were trying to, like, oh, let's all have stomach bugs and food poisoning. It, it's let's have food bugs. Food <laughs> Let's lose a let's let's ride let's a donkey. I'll have food bugs. Prancer oh. belongs to the canyon now. <laughs> <laughs> when you see the movie, that'll make a lot more sense and be funny. But you know, it's it's this this road trip that they go on that all the crazy shenanigans ensue, and you know, it, what could have tore them apart as a family is what brings them closer together. Uh, Linda, you know, is kind of the Linda is the glue throughout all of this for the most part. Linda she is, is the, the glue one. that holds together the gears of that family. Well, she definitely is, and you know, she but she was the the glue beforehand, but she was definitely the glue here. And um, I just do want to point out um, one of the things that pops up. You know, the. Uh, I say the, the the animation that's what it's called the animation of this film is fantastic it's a mixture of a whole bunch of medias and it's perfect it is just so uh, like if a you like into the, the spider verse this is how it looks yeah this is it's, the it's the style. same exact animation it is so cool uh, but a lot of things pop up and when they're talking about them being the worst family of all time they kind of give you little tidbits about the the follies of each character and yeah, one thing i i appreciated uh about linda mitchell she was kicked out of olive garden for stashing breadsticks in her purse yes that's i mean and and i have never i have never related to a character so much in my life i do also want to say um one of the things that you see throughout is um because this is Katie's story and it's kind of being told from her point of view, sort of, kind of ish. Um, there's a lot of like special effects and stuff that will randomly appear on the screen, like title cards and you know, uh, kind of like the old Batman sound effect, like zoom it's like and she, pow. She like sees she's, things, like she views things in like light of her, a film. Right. It's it's like she's seeing them uh, portrayed on screen. With special effects, like, you know, she's always looking through her phone and p applying filters to things. And, you know, there's parts where she's actually the narrator, uh, but she films pretty much everything. You know, she has a camcorder. She has a, uh, her phone. She's always filming, always, you know, documenting. And I think that's a, a really nice touch. It's like a, 
a very unique way to do this film, especially where it's animated and you can get away with stuff like that. It's uh, it's uh, it's awesome. I love the way that this film looks. Uh, it's almost like so. Take the Into the Spider Verse animation and kind of cross it a little bit with. Uh, a Telltale game, if you've ever played a Telltale mobile game or ever seen a Telltale mobile game like The Walking Dead or Batman, very similar animation style, but obviously a lot brighter and more colorful colorful than the Telltale stuff because that's supposed to be dark and gritty. But it's, it's really well done, and it really highlights the eccentricities of the characters because we've talked about this in animation before where there are things you can do in animation to kind of uh, overly exaggerate a character. We talked about this especially with Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs where mm -hmm. you give people these uh, over-exaggerated features, whether it's a nose or, in this case, uh, Rick Mitchell having, like, the hardcore dad bod, but he definitely has, like, scrawny little legs. You yeah, know, like the he's hardcore wearing, dad bod. Like he's wearing... Uh, he, he, this, he skipped leg day. Yeah, it's like... I mean, he, he skipped this, all days, but he definitely he skipped this, leg day. He has these huge arms... Huge chest, huge head, huge torso, huge gut, and like little bitty legs. Yeah, it's like they put Katie's legs on a full man's, a uh, full grown man's body. Like they don't belong there. It's kind of like, you know, baby legs from uh, from Rick and Morty. Um, it's it's weird, but like it really it fits his character. It um, accentuates in a visual way his personality in a way that. You couldn't. You couldn't do. Although I would say his character is almost like someone tried to draw Danny McBride from memory, uh, and Danny obviously Danny McBride voices him, but like you could definitely see the character looks as it, because you get to see a picture of the actual Mitchell Mitchells at the end of the film. Like you get to see what they really look like. Well, yeah, you. Get, one of the cool things about this film is that, you know, it's all about family and it's all about Based on a true story. embracing your weird, eh, uh, embracing your weirdness and embracing your individuality. And, you know, what makes you different makes you awesome, uh, you know, which is it's something that especially as a, as an adult, it's nice to be reminded of every now and then, uh, you know. Regarding some of these character arcs, the character evolutions, I love the nod to these little things. You know, the the dad was a super fix-it guy, felt that everyone needed a screwdriver, so, you know, bought them all screwdrivers for random presents, you know. Was anniversary. It Linda, I was, yeah, it was Linda's anniversary present. It was, uh, you know, Katie's 16th birthday present. It was something that the tooth fairy left under Aaron's pillow, yep. but it all came into play. It was all necessary at one point. Yes, they all use them to barricade themselves against the you know, initial robot uh, attack. Linda's craziness is what saved the family at one part. Yeah, you know, everybody's she, she different dropped, ingenuity. Right, like she dropped the facade of trying to be the perfect family. She decided to, you know what, em embrace her. She was like, she was full on mama bear mode. Oh yeah, she was like, absolutely full like, on. Like she was scary, and it was awesome. She frightened the uh, robots. <laughs> yeah, she frightened the robots. You, know, Katie actually listens to her dad who was trying to show her at the beginning of the trip how to drive and how to drive stick and how to you know just, just something that you know uh, most dads try and to pass on to the their river. kids 
you know, and he, he had this thing called the Rick Mitchell special, which is, you know, uh, a, a move that is very frowned upon in traffic, mind you. But, you know, it's a way to get out of um, sticky traffic situations. They and, use it twice in the film. And she will because uh, he did it. Right. He and does then it, she and then... mimicked it. And she was ultimately able to. My help daughter, listen to me. Right. Yeah. And it's like, you know what? It's, it's we listen to our parents. You know, and and sometimes we can recall information when it's super important. Yes. Um, You know, and and Aaron, the big thing for him is that he learns how to open up a little bit more. And he finds a friend who just happens to be the posy girl who is also a weirdo. Huge into dinosaurs. Because, I mean, that's telegraphed a little bit when she's like, maybe you'll find it, you know, when... She's getting ready to leave for school, and she tells him that maybe he'll find a lady nerd. And he's like, really? No. I mean, psh, I'm, who cares about that? You know, like, because, again, he's bordering on pubescence. He's like, mm-hmm. what do you say? The girls are like, cool, but, like, not that cool. Like, 10, 11, 12, yeah, somewhere in yeah, there. Yeah, in, in that ballpark. Like, he's getting to that point, but not at that point. Um, You know, so he can, you know, he can be unsupervised in his room with a girl and, you know, Parents aren't going to worry that anything's going to happen. Right. Um, Do you want to play with my stegosaurus? Mm-hmm. Do you want to see my raptor? <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a, you know, they and, all have these great character. Even the dog has a character arc. The dog, yeah, I, the, the, the bread pig, the, the loaf pig dog. Dog, pig, dog. Pig, pig, dog, dog, pig, loaf of bread. <laughs> no, his character arc of Bunchy catch. Well, I mean, like he. You can he look forward. He tries. Like the whole thing he is really that, like they try to do stuff with the dog the whole time. Like you know, obviously you know stuff that happens at the beginning is going to pay off at the end. So trying to get the dog, like, they try to get him to catch a cupcake, and he they throw the cupcake to him. And because his eyes are both looking in two different directions, the cupcake lands on his face, but he can see it out of his peripheral vision. So he's running around in circles trying to catch the cupcake that's stuck to the side of his face. And that comes into play. Not the cupcake thing. We think he's a dog. But at the end, (laughs) you know, and the robots are looking at him and they can't tell what he is. They're like, pig, dog, pig, dog, pig, dog, dog, pig, dog loaf of bread and then they explode like in a logic uh, like in a logic loop because they can't figure out what it is and it freezes them up and that's used to great effect later on mm-hmm. in the film uh and in the film's climax um you know again you know in you know her <laughs> even at the end of the uh of the film you know her dad because he's so used to you know this rustic you know woodsy living actually sends her a friend request so, yeah, he's very technophobic. Uh, and Took 28 minutes is, and a lot of tears, yeah. but and I his sent whole you a thing friend is, request. You know, he doesn't understand the use of phones. He doesn't understand, you know, any type of technical, te- technological advancement. He's just not. He's just not here for it. He's and like Ron Swanson. Ulti- ultimately, he ends up uh, having to utilize YouTube. In an attempt to, you know, and here's the thing. In Spanish. Every single family member is doing something to help battle this robot apocalypse and save the the world. You know, and and so he is trying to work his way around YouTube and then he ends up changing the language to 
Spanish. Because he has and, no clue what he's and doing. He has no idea what he's doing, but he figures it out. 28 minutes and a lot of tears. He figures it out, and it's something that he, you know, takes with him after the fact. He follows his daughter's work on on YouTube and follows his daughter's he work. He wants to be supportive. On, right. You know, he, he follows her on social medias and stuff, you know, in, in an attempt to be supportive. And he, yeah, he asks her, her yeah, request. he asks her, he's like, why haven't you accepted my friend request? He's like, when did you send me? He's like, don't, yeah. Don't, I don't, yeah. It's a funny thing. It's at the it's end of a, the film. I, it's I, right before the credits. It was, yeah. It's really endearing. It's maybe the it's best joke of the movie. Super cute and very uh, relatable for those of us who have older parents who don't necessarily understand how things work. Yeah, uh, we can totally relate to this because I have... I have oh someone God. in my life who just does not understand technology. I'm like Patrick's godmother. I have a- God love her. She's in her seventies, and she doesn't know. She tries. She 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 does try. She knows her she cable. Tries. She knows how to get around cable. She has Direct TV. She knows how to get around that, even though that sometimes can be a struggle. But you know, switching things back and forth. Uh, generally, when we go to the Cape on our vacation, we'll end up going over there, and nine times out of ten, I'm we end setting up helping up some her sort of, do something. I'm setting up some sort of technology. I we remember, went there on my 40th birthday. I set up. Uh, we had gotten her a fire stick for Christmas, and I had already loaded everything onto it. All we had to do was plug it in, and she still couldn't it took, figure it out. It took 40 minutes to find the Wi-Fi, and I'm like, look. Because we didn't know what the password was, and she's got everything written down in, like, six different notebooks. Um, she's got ADHD, maybe worse than me, but, um, you know. She, <laughs> she sends us letters sometimes. Yeah, she's, no, she's great. It's just she doesn't <laughs> understand. Letters are just all over the place. It's so funny. Like she she means well, and she's a really nice lady. And she always and gives I us banana her bread. <laughs> yeah, her, oh god, her banana bread is banana so good. bread is amazing. So good. Uh, but yeah, so I mean, and, you know, and my mom's is in a similar fashion. You know, I can't tell you how many times your mom has a rotary cell phone. <laughs> oh no, she has a smartphone now. Well, she has a phone. I mean. <laughs> smart she is using it but she has a smartphone uh but yeah it's this this you know thing that this family goes through ultimately brings them closer together and they have uh before before we i just want to okay i just want to say something that i used to work in the electronics department at target all and and all the time people would come in and these older folks you know this generation like my parents your parents uh my my godmother Folks who are in their 50s, 60s, 70s, and, and up, they would always like, oh, I don't understand this technology. Oh, it's, it's too much. Oh, I guess I just, I'm not smart enough. And I said, no, that's not what it is. It's a generational thing. I'm like, sit a, a teenager, you know, it's like, oh, I grew up, you know, for the past, you know, 15 years, I've had nothing but electronics. And, you know, I had a smartphone when I was, you know, I had an iPhone when I was five. And, oh, I know all this. Okay, smartass. Sit in front of this rotary goddamn dial telephone and call your home. Call your mom's cell phone from memory. First of all, remember the number. Second of all, use this rotary phone. 
They'd have no fucking clue. Go to the library and use the Dewey Decimal System to look this up. I God, hid, I hid $1,000 in a book, and the only way to find it is to use the Dewey Decimal System. Love the Dewey Decimal System. And they would all, it, and, you know, because thinking about it, they would always be like, something that yeah. is obsolete at this point you know because of technology it is it is completely obsolete you know in in all honesty there are only like two phone numbers that i have memorized and i'll tell you this and to, and one of them is 911 um what's sad at least to me anyways is to hear people be like oh have you ever seen jurassic park no that movie came out in the late 1900s yeah, that's a thing that people say now, uh, younger people. Late 1900s. That's when I was born. In the late 1900s. No! No! See, I love it. Anything that makes me sound more like an eldritch god, I'm, I'm here for. Yeah, but they you don't think call of it me that an, way. Yeah, you want to call me an elder millennial? Please do. Please do, yes. Yes, elder god. I felt elder trying to get up off the floor at, at Joe's... After being a puppet, I felt elder that way. I was like, where's my cane and my Ben Gay? But, you know. Get me some Epsom salts. The thing I love about Epsom this salts are great. film is is the ending. It's the overall story. And it's the, the climax of the story. You know, everything finishing up. You know, all of the loose ends are tied up. And, you know, there's it leaves you with hope. It leaves you with, you know, a really positive message to... You know, embrace your inner weirdo. The prophecy has Ex been fulfilled. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and they don't, like, go out of their way to, like, tease a sequel. Like, this is a self-contained story. Like, at the end, everybody's where they should be. They've learned. They've gotten better. The family is closer. Uh, you know, surviving I mean, they the robot apocalypse. the world. I mean, I think that they should have uh, lots and lots of money at this point for saving the world. Like they should be totally rich, and I think they probably are. But they keep their they keep their roots. They keep to who they are. Like they decide I mean, we're going to go on a new the, road trip. They still have the station wagon, the burnt orange station wagon. Um, and yeah, like they've come to embrace who they are and who their daughter is to the point where, you know. The mom's like, oh, when are we going to meet, you know, your, your, your new girl and, you know, talking to Katie because, you know, and I kind of figured that that's where well, it was headed. And, and this is one of the things I really appreciated about this film. This is how representation should happen. You know, uh, she's gay. You know, that, that, that it. That's it. And a story like she's just she's gay. And we know this because she's, you know, and it, it's it's hinted at here and there. Like when she talks about all the people that she's met, because she's but, talked with a bunch. The only one she mentions is the girl. Well, and she's also wearing a rainbow pin. Yep. Amongst all of her other, you know, pins and everything that she uses like, to. Uh, oh, did you know herself. I was gay? Hey, did it's, you know she was gay? Did she you know she you likes know, girls? It's not this whole big like coming out thing. Because it has nothing to do with the story. Like it well, just happens to be. It's just it's just ha it just happens to be who she is. Right. You but know? they don't spend a lot of time on you know anything like that. It's it's the familial relationship between you know her and her brother, her and it's her mom, one her of and the her dad, reasons her dad and her brother. Why you know, like, I love Shit's Creek so much. Uh, they address David Rose's sexuality a couple of times because he's fluid. 
you know but it's it's never really emphasized it's never like you're not it's not hitting you over the head like it's just it's natural it's it's real it's authentic you know there's no big to do you know and, it's no and, different than him having black hair or wearing glasses right it, it's it's no different you know uh than breathing air you know what i mean like it's well, just it's accentuated it's, when like the story calls for when like it has to uh you know, it's like, okay, we're doing this, but they're not going to fake it and be like, oh, well, here's this girl that he likes. Like, they don't lean into it. You know what I mean? Like, they're not like, look, he's gay. Right. But it's just like, like it, it's like, yeah, this is his relationship with, you know, the, the, the guy that he likes. Just the same as his sister's like, this is a relationship with the guy she likes. You know, this is the relationship with their parents. And it's, like, that's it's just... a place that I hope that we can all get to at some point where it's just this natural comfort with, you know, whoever anyone chooses to, to, to be with or, you know, whoever anyone is. You know what I mean? Am I making any sense right now? Like, I just hope that we get to that point where we don't have to make a big to-do about it, where it's just natural and it's accepted and, you know... Uh, fuck anyone who says otherwise um but I, I i appreciated that i thought that was a you know just a really nice nod to representation and uh you know good for her <laughs> yeah you go to college I mean, and good for find, her find somebody, she, but yeah. i mean like she you know and the big thing was you know her trying to find her people and she went to college to find her people and realized that she was already with her people yeah, I mean that's the main story. Like these are these are you well, know. And, and I didn't realize it at the time, and all it took was the apocalypse. And fun fact, when the movie was completed, the producer sent crew members statues of Manchi that said, "You guys are my people." That's amazing. I love that. I want a Manchi statue. I want a Manchi. Well, you can have a Manchi or a Manchichi. So. If you guys haven't seen this movie yet, definitely see it. it like we so have glossed over quite a bit. I mean, yeah, because we don't want to spoil it too too much. Because it's but, only been out a I mean, month or it's so. It's really easy to fall in love with these characters. It's really easy to see yourself in some of these characters, mm -hmm. or to see somebody else. You know, some of the family dynamic is very relatable. Uh, the story is absolutely bonkers, but it's fantastic and. The you voice know, acting the, is fantastic. The animation is amazing. It's just, it's a lot of fun. If you're looking to kind of take your mind off of everything going on in the world or, you know, everything going on in your life for a couple of hours, it's definitely worth checking out. And, you know, it's fun. To, like, we don't have kids. We had a fucking blast it's with this film. It's wonderful. Like, it's fun to watch with your kids. It's fun to watch on your own. Like, yeah, it's great just... for all ages. I'm going mean, to tell my mom to watch this. I think she'll kid, enjoy oh, it. Oh, yeah, I think she'll like it. But these characters just, you know, there's something about them that stayed with me after watching this. And I'm so glad you watched it and liked it because, you know, I've had this underlying, like, feeling that we need to talk about these characters. Yeah, I think they're great. Uh, you know, and and what these characters represent and you know, I will say side note before we end things, one of the things that I really loved was Linda's endgame when the posies, the posy wife came up to her and was like, "Wow, I can't believe you guys saved the world." Like, you know, the perfect family didn't save the world. It, it was, was the, the worst. It, it was the worst family yeah. of all time that saved the world. I just really like that. Yeah. 
So we're going to take a quick break, uh, and when we come back, we will uh, wrap things up and uh, give you a preview of what is coming up next. And, uh, yeah, so we'll be right back. Shark Bites, Shark Bites Podcast. It's the greatest show in history. From the Dorkening Network. Hosted by a nerd who's named Patsy. From movie reviews to tips on surviving the coronavirus, Shark Bites has it all. Follow us on Facebook and suggest topics at sharkbitespod at gmail.com. Available on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. At Strong-Willed Sports Memorabilia and more, our mission is to raise as much money and awareness for pediatric cancer research as possible through the giving away of authenticated, autographed sports memorabilia and more. All proceeds from our games will be donated to various pediatric cancer foundations, with the majority going to the Dana-Farber Cancer Institute and the Jimmy Fund. Our mission to give back began when Craig and Kara's son, William, was diagnosed with a stage 4 Wilms tumor, and his courage to fight and overcome his cancer ultimately led to the start of the hashtag Strong-Willed Movement. For more information on how to donate and support this great cause, please visit the hashtag Strongwilled Sports Memorabilia and More Facebook group. If we're going down, Dad, this one's for you. Robots, play our song. And we are back. Uh, that was uh, a little clip from uh, towards the end of the film. Hopefully, uh, if you've seen it, you'll get what it is. If you haven't seen it, uh, once you get to that point, you'll be like, hey, that was what we just uh, heard on Throwdown Thursday, and that was awesome. So we have, uh, like I said, in, in a couple of weeks, we have our, our six-year anniversary show. Um, I'm really excited about that because I just realized that it falls on a Thursday. Like, that's been pretty good. Like, you know, New Year's fell on a Thursday. Our 250th episode fell on a Thursday because every episode falls on a Thursday. But, like, our actual anniversary, <laughs> I need a goddamn nap. Uh-huh. <laughs> but our actual anniversary day uh, falls on a Thursday. So it's pretty awesome. Um so we have uh, we have some battle results. You have some wine. We have some little bit of science here and there, and um, we haven't decided what we're doing next week yet. But uh, I guess you'll be just as surprised as we are uh, when we when we show up next week with a new episode. Uh, but do uh, check out tomorrow. Uh, check out our uh, what you call it? What is it? The sports show. A lot of sports show. We are going to be dissecting the. Uh, the end of the Bruins season. Uh, and if you're interested, head on over to either throwdownthursdaypodcast.com or 
the uh, Loudest Sports Show Facebook group because I posted the uh, article that I wrote with some of my thoughts and what the Bruins could possibly do uh, next year to, uh, or this coming off season, to uh, remain competitive in the twilight of Bergeron and Marchand's careers. So, with that being said, I'll throw it over to you. So, we have battle results from last week. We threw down the Battle of the Satanic Seamstresses, which Dexterous Deviant has what it takes to stick it to the competition and reign supreme. His father was a seamstress. It's to the death. No, to the pain. All sewing supplies fair game. And the sandbox is Alexander McQueen's London Atelier. And you could choose from Cruella DeVille, Buffalo Bill from Silence of the Lambs, the seamstress from Nine, or the other mother from Coraline. And she a great big spider person. (laughs) She a great big spider person. And both Facebook and the Twitters are in agreement that it's Buffalo Bill. Well, thank you. I just want to thank Jesus for uh, giving me this skill and give a shout out to my baby mama. We did it, mama. And uh, I also want to mention a Jame Gum yeah. or Jamie Gum. Frederica Bimmel. What about John Grant? And moths. I'm just here for the moths. Shout out to moths. So, science fact. Let's have at it. (laughs) Please stop talking like that. Uh, So, science fact this week, uh, for those of you who are unfamiliar but have seen Blade Runner, uh, I want to talk a little bit about the Turing test. The Turing test was developed by, uh, uh, I don't know, a mathematician, I guess you could call him. Uh, Alan Turing, who was played by um, Benedict Cumberbunch in uh, The Imitation Game a few years back. Uh, This is a a man who was uh, insanely brilliant, cracked the code of the Enigma machine, and helped defeat the Nazis in World War II. And as a result... Was chemically castrated because he was gay. Yeah, for the crime of being uh, homosexual, he... uh, he was chemically castrated. Uh, he committed suicide by, uh, I think it was like arsenic or, or some sort of uh, yeah, he, cyanide he poisoned on an himself. apple. Yes. Uh, and he only managed to take a single bite out of the apple, uh, which you may have seen somewhere, everywhere, all the fucking time on a specific logo. But I digress. The Turing test was an advanced test that Alan Turing created to determine uh, whether or not an AI, an artificial intelligence, was capable of mimicking sentience. And we see this, uh, I forget what it's called in um, in um, the uh, the Voight-Compt Voight Voight test in Blade Runner. Um and the replicants are designed to be able to beat the Voight comp test, which is essentially the Turing test, or perhaps a more advanced version of the Turing test, because this was supposed to take place, you know, about a hundred years uh, after Turing's time. Um, he uh, 
he devised this test, which is still used today, you know, and when you consider the advances in technology, um, so far no AI has been able to beat the Turing test. Some have come close, and some have advanced further along into it than others. But uh, the Turing test is essentially uh, well. Let me get the let me get the exact definition for you because I want to uh, I want to. Uh, uh, the Turing test is a method of inquiry in a for artificial intelligence for determining whether or not a computer is capable of thinking like a human being. The test is named after Alan Turing, the founder of the Turing test, and an English computer scientist, cryptanalyst, mathematician, and theoretical biologist. So I want to make sure I get all of his titles because I called him a mathematician, and that is a gross oversimplification of his uh, qualifications and skills. So... Uh, we get to see uh, in this film, uh, The Mitchells versus the Machines, maybe a couple of things that could theoretically beat the Turing test. Uh, and I think that's really the, um, the center focus of a lot of these uh, AI gone rogue, you know, iRobot or, you know, Terminator, uh, stuff like that. Um, you know, that's really the, the central theme. You know, essentially an artificial intelligence gains sentience, you know, age of Ultron vision, you know, uh, those are some examples of uh, super advanced AI capable of thinking like humans that could defeat the Turing test because they have indeed gained sentience, you know, a, uh, an awareness of their own existence and anything that poses a threat and a, a, a willingness to, uh, the uh, a survival instinct, a willingness to defend itself from a short circuit. Mm -hmm. There's another good one. So uh, I thought that was appropriate for this week's episode uh, with some prompting from, from Ashes. So what have you got for uh, wine? So it's technically not a wine. It's actually a cider, but it has the flavors of a type of wine. So you may recall a few episodes ago, well, probably several episodes at this point, I talked about Down East Cider. It is a cidery? Is that what? Cider maker place? We'll call it a cidery. A cidery uh, near Salem in Massachusetts that makes some of the best ciders I've ever had. And... So far, I we've had the blackberry that is just oh divine. The technical name for a place that makes uh, cider is a cider mill, also known as a cidery. I was correct, so you're welcome. <laughs> I'm smart. Um, the pear cider is really delicious. Uh, has like a really uh, bright flavor. With the pear and the appleness of the cider together. Apple saucicity. Apple saucicity. Uh, we tried the pineapple one too. That one pineapple was interesting. Saucicity. That one was interesting. Surprisingly, it wasn't my favorite, uh, but I did really enjoy it and I'll probably pick it up again. But Patsy the other day was picking up something at the local liquor store. Finish long drink. And he came across a new seasonal flavor of Down East Cider. And of course, he had to pick it up for yours truly. I mean, I let him have some too. But it is Sangria Cider. 
I'm just like, what is that? Uh, it is good. It is like fruit punch cider. We were and, drinking but, it as we recorded. But like describing it as such is kind of downplaying it. It's like a really apple sangria. So the description is all the red wine, citrus notes, and tropical fruit flavors you love in your favorite sangria. But we're a cider company, so there's that. <laughs> it really does. It tastes like a really good sangria. But, I mean, you don't have some of the... Uh, so, I... Sangria can be made a lot of different ways, as, as you know. Sometimes it's just wine and fruit juices. I usually per, prefer it to have wine mixed with other liqueurs and fruit juices and fruits and everything else. Um, sometimes it's a little bubbly. Sometimes it's not. Sangria is one of the most versatile things you can make. So I, it tastes like a really good sangria. Doesn't have a crazy, you know, alcohol taste to it. It's very, you know, it's it's sweet and it's delicious, but you still get a little bit of like that crispness from the apple flavor. It just works. I think I've found my new summer drink. I love it. So if you are interested, definitely check your local liquor store. See if they carry Down East Cider in the sangria flavor. I swear, it is it is so good. It's like cider Kool-Aid. I had to, uh, we, we know someone who is a big fan of this, and um, I had to let her know that, uh, like, we're not, like, friends, but, like, we're Facebook friends, and, like, we met once. Um, that girl, Robin, very talented model, photographer. Oh, yeah. Whatnot. Yep. huge fan of this. I'm like, hey, I don't know if you know this. And, you know, it's always weird when you send, as a guy, if you send someone a, a picture to their messenger, like their Facebook messenger, it's like, here you go. Here's this unsolicited picture I'm sending you. Like, it's a 50-50 thing. Like, what's it going to be? And it's like, I'm like, you know, I don't know if you know about this, but I know you like Downy Cider. So, like the one time we met her, she was drinking Downy Cider. I'm like, here you go. Here's a new kind. I don't know if you know about it. And she's like, oh, my God, that's amazing. Thank you so much. I was like, happy to be of service. Yeah, it's really good. It's really fruity. And it has, you know, definitely like the, the tropical notes. You can taste like the, the citrus. Uh, the main flavor, it's not super apple forward. You know, most ciders, it's like, I taste apple. Well, no shit, you taste apple because it's a cider. Um but you know you get the, the the flavors marry each other really nicely it's a, it's a nice blend so it's not overly apple it's not overly you know the fruit flavors from the sangria it's it's a really nice blend of the of the two yeah it's excellent uh i'll definitely get it again i still am holding out hope that we're going to get a cider wider donut! release of the cider donut cider donut oh, good gravy um fall is coming but yeah we uh we have that um you know we have we have a lot of stuff that we can talk about next week i'm not 100 percent sure what we're gonna do we're kicking a few ideas down the road but you know as always we'll have something good for you but uh that's pretty much all we have like i said you know you have a couple of weeks make sure you let us know who your top six characters that we've covered or top six characters we haven't covered that you want us to cover because um, that also would be an interesting yeah. list. Give or us both. ideas because we're lazy. Yeah, do both. I don't care. Whatever. Psh, you ain't the boss of me. 
Uh, but I think with that being said, we, <gasps> we will, will see you, you next Thursday. Thursday.